much. We ain't going nowhere. We're standing on the word of scripture. If you are to be standing with you, because of his grace and love, we ain't going nowhere. Nowhere. We ain't going nowhere. Hello, welcome to John Not Quite Calvin. I am your host, John Not Quite Calvin. I know it's been a hot minute since I've done one of these podcasts, uh, holiday season and all that, getting used to being out of the military, getting onto my contract role, getting used to how everything's going to go from here on out. So I figured, you know what, let's just wait until the end of the holidays. Let's wait until things kind of slow down a little bit. I have a bunch of uh, ideas and I have a bunch of different scripts and stuff that I've actually had written up. So hopefully we'll get onto a more regular schedule so that I can yell at you over this microphone more regularly and more often. All right. <laughs> so let's start this new year off right. And let's talk a little bit about something that honestly just, I'm really getting sick of hearing this. So I've heard this idea everywhere that the present country named Israel is the Israel from the Bible and the promises of the Old Testament still apply to Israel and the Jews and that God has a special and unique salvific plan for the Jews. And because I'm such an evil, evil person, I have to disagree. So let's talk a little bit about the Jews. So we see in the Old Testament that there's a foretold Messiah, that there's going to be a Savior. He's going to come from the line of David, the line of Abraham, the seed of the woman that's going to crush the head of the serpent. Every now and then we see shadows and types of this Christ, all of Scripture pointing to this ultimate Redeemer of man, this ultimate Redeemer of Israel. And now after the Old Testament, we see the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. We see this actual Messiah emerge and begin his earthly ministry. And what's the reception that Jesus gets from the Pharisees? He's rejected. He's mocked. It's said that he's from the devil himself. But then we move on into Acts. After Jesus has been given up and crucified by the Jews for blasphemy, mind you, he was crucified for claiming to be God and was raised from the dead on the third day. And so we see in Acts, Peter and the apostles go to the Jews first and then the Gentiles. And the Jews continue to reject this Messiah. They continue to say that Jesus is not this savior. He's not this king of kings and lord of lords. So they go on to the Gentiles. And then we see in the epistles, we have a thing called the circumcision party. And we have Paul who teaches against them, talks constantly against them. And he talks constantly against the fact that the Jews have rejected the Messiah or they've accepted him, but they want to add additional stipulations to him. Uh, mainly they want 
to continue to be under the law while accepting Christ. So let me just be fortright though. There's no way to circumnavigate the cross. There's not a single way that that's possible. You could be murdered. That doesn't immediately make you go to heaven, unlike what Hollywood wants you to think. You can't do a brave enough act or heroic enough act in your life as a willing sacrifice of sorts and make it into heaven, unlike what Hollywood and the vast majority of the world believe. You can't store up enough good works throughout your life, leaving it just a better place, and God will reward you for that. You can't be saved by works. There's no other religion. There's no other philosophy. There's nothing that we can do to gain salvation. You cannot circumnavigate the cross. There's only one way, one truth, one life. That is Jesus Christ. But yet we have this idea that's floating around, and it's actually really popular with a lot of pastors and preachers. And I've hear I've heard this so many times on the radio, on YouTube, everywhere. Even people that I work with have brought this up before. The the fact that Israel has the special salvation, or the Jews have the special salvation, and they always lump Christians and Jews together, even though they don't get along. Even though we actually really don't believe in the same God. So, going back, though, to this idea that the country of Israel is the country of Israel from the Old Testament. Well, it's, it's not. That country actually fell. It was conquered. It was destroyed. The temple was destroyed as well. Jerusalem, as Jesus knew it, as David knew it, as Saul knew it, as any of the kings of Israel actually knew it, no longer exists. In fact, the current Israel that we know today as Israel wasn't established until 1948. The end of World War II is older than Israel. East Germany and West Germany would be older than the current Israel. So the thing is, though, that some people would look at this and be like, okay, yeah, it's a different Israel, but I mean, come on, it's it's the Jews. God, God has to have this special plan for the Jews, doesn't he? He did. It's called the gospel of Jesus Christ. Perhaps you've heard of it. Like I said, there's no way to circumnavigate the cross. This is a gospel issue. It is the outright denial of the true God when you deny Jesus Christ. If you deny that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, if you deny that, if you say Jesus is not the planned Messiah, you've rejected who God is. If I take any aspect of God and I deny that that is actually what God did, then I don't believe in the true God. The Jews have rejected the Messiah. They've rejected God revealed in human flesh. They have rejected the entire ministry of Jesus Christ. Therefore, they've rejected the ministry of God himself. And they've created an idol that they call Yahweh, that they call the God of the, the Old Testament. And then some people go and they say, well, well, what about the book of Revelation? The book of Revelation speaks specifically about Israel. 
Well, just because I name a country Babylon doesn't ensure it's going to be Babylon the Great from Revelation. In fact, this is actually the language that most prophecy uses. Prophecy constantly points to something that we can associate it with. It, it doesn't outright say exactly what's going to happen. The language of prophecy is a bit more poetic than that. So think about this. If Revelation were written today, it probably wouldn't be Babylon that was the villain. It would probably be the Soviet Union. This big, fast, evil, giant conglomerate of Eastern Bloc countries. It would be something that a lot of people can associate with the Cold War, with communism, with the outright murder of its own citizens. So that would probably be our modern version of Babylon. And when John was written, everybody knew what Babylon was. Everybody associated Babylon with the captivity of Israel in Babylon. So when you're talking about Israel and Babylon, at the time especially, people would be able to quickly associate it. And they'd be a little bit easier to understand. In fact, John, being from that time, to comprehend this vast big truth would probably try to bring it down to something like that so other people could understand as well. Yeah. Again, this is a gospel issue. Stop rewriting the gospel. You're making it seem like if you're a Jew or if you just live in the physical country of Israel, you're saved. But Paul actually directly talks about this in Romans chapter 1, 2, 3, and onwards. Just because you're in the country of Israel doesn't make you of the seed of Abraham. It, it makes you physically, but it doesn't make you spiritually. Just because you're a Jew by name and association doesn't make you a Jew in spirit. Just because you go to a church doesn't make you a Christian. Just because you claim to be a Christian doesn't mean that you truly believe in Jesus Christ. Just because I say I believe in God doesn't immediately make me saved. And it's the same way with Israel. Just because you live in the country of Israel doesn't mean you're part of the Israel described in Revelation or Israel, the chosen promised people of God. And Paul's actually very clear about that. He lays it out very specifically. He says, just because your father physically is Abraham doesn't mean that you're of Israel. It doesn't mean you're God's chosen people. In fact, it has to be an inward change. It has to be an inward characteristic. It has to be belief. It has to be faith in the promises of God. It's not just physical circumstance. Just because I can adhere to the law doesn't mean I believe in God. Just because I live in the country of Israel doesn't mean I'm one of God's chosen, precious people. In fact, I have to believe and have faith 
in God. And what we've established earlier already in this podcast is to have faith in God, you need to have faith in everything he's done. You need to have faith that he has brought his Messiah, and that Messiah is Jesus Christ. If you don't believe Jesus is the Messiah, you aren't saved. Period. Dot. End of story. Stop rewriting the gospel. This is dangerous. Seriously, there are people who no longer try to evangelize to the Jews. They no longer try to evangelize to the people in Israel because they're under this impression from their pastors that because they're in the physical country of Israel or they're a Jew, they believe in the same God, therefore they are saved. That's not true. When God revealed himself in the person of Jesus Christ, he revealed himself. To reject that is to reject God. To reject what God has done is to reject God himself. To reject God's prophet is to reject God. We've seen that time and time again in the Old Testament. Whenever the people turn away from the prophet and what the prophet says that God says, whenever they ignore him, whenever they ignore the word of God, they're not saved. They're destroyed. They're not the chosen people. They don't receive the promises. In fact, he curses them when they deny his prophets, when they deny what God has said, who God is, and begin to worship other gods. And the thing is that the Jews have started to worship another God because they don't believe that Jesus is God when he is They didn't believe Jesus was God. That's why he was crucified for blasphemy. We know, however, that he is God because he was raised from the dead despite being crucified for blasphemy. The Jews aren't saved when they don't believe in the saving power of Jesus Christ. They have rejected God's Savior, and they're demanding another. The one that he has provided, the perfect Son of God, wasn't good enough for the Jews, and they demand another. That's not saved behavior. That's not accepting who God is as he is. They no longer worship the one true God because they have, like the rest of the world, including the Muslims, including the atheist, including the Buddhist, have rejected the true God and the true Messiah, Jesus Christ. Israel is no longer the Israel of the Old Testament. It's just not. It's not the same country that God established. In fact, God got rid of the country. The people of Israel are the people who are inwardly Israel, the people who are changed by the Holy Spirit, who believe in God and believe in Jesus Christ. That's the true Israel. Just because I'm in a different country, just because I'm in Israel doesn't make me part of Israel, God's chosen people. It makes me a citizen of the physical country of Israel not one of God's chosen Israel. 
So let's also make another thing clear. America isn't Israel either. America is not the country of God. Just because we have in God we trust on our dollar, just because we have one nation under God in our Pledge of Allegiance, just because we have God sprinkled throughout our documentation, does not make us the country of God. We're a country that has been blessed by God. We're a country that has a very widespread faith in God. We are a country that is blessed with the opportunity to be able to study him and worship him openly. Although those restrictions have started to already come down the pipe, haven't they? Think about it. Is this really God's country, the country of God, the new Israel? Is America really God's chosen country when he's constantly under attack by our politicians? When he's not allowed in our schools? When they take him out of our public proceedings? When they deny his existence flat out on every public square? Is that really God's country? Think about it. The U.S. is a constitutional republic. It's not a Christian theocracy. Our rule of law, though in some cases can be traced back to Christian morals and ideas, and a lot of the people who founded this country were Christians, specifically Puritans, doesn't make us a Christian theocracy. Our rule of law is not the scriptures. Our rule of law is the Constitution. The U.S. Constitution, in the eyes of our government, is higher than the Bible. Our judiciary branch, our highest court in the land, does not use the Bible as its rule of law. Can it take it into consideration? Certainly. But ultimately, something is determined legal or illegal based on the Constitution and not the Bible. And I mean, look at the state of our churches. Do you really think that America is God's country when our churches remove God from his own worship halls, his own chapels and churches? I mean, just think about what's been happening with the divided Methodists now. They barely upheld the biblical view. And because they barely upheld it, they're splitting. We have so many people who do not care what the Bible actually says and claim to be a church. When a Christian church is quote-unquote too Christian for people and they start leaving it to go to more popular areas, that's not, that's not God's church anymore. That's not God's country anymore. There may be a chapel on every corner of the United States. But when inside of the church, what we see is the world, a denial of the authority of scripture, a denial of the power of God, an outright refusal to do what God has clearly said to do. And when we give permission 
to those who go actively against what God has said? Are we really God's church, let alone country? I mean, he's barely in some of these churches. He's barely in a lot of these mega churches. At Joel Osteen's church, as he mentioned, sometimes the Bible is barely quoted. It's all about you. Think about it. Think about the health of your church. What's the main feature of your church? Is it the music? Is it the guitar softly plucking at your heartstrings? Is it the celebrity pastor? Is it the most recent book that's come out? Is it a show? Is it a laser light show? Is it about what some popular, even if they're sound, what some popular pastor is talking about? Or is it the scriptures? Are you actively worshiping God? Or are you just making people feel good? Take a look at the health of your church. I mean, take a look at the health of the nation. We have people who are being attacked for their beliefs. We have people who claim to be Christians fighting other Christians. We have people who are taking the Bible completely out of context and trying to make new ones. We have books upon books upon books written by quote-unquote pastors that are trying to disprove the Bible. We have pastors who are trying to disconnect the Old Testament from the New Testament. We have pastors who are more concerned about pleasing the Republican Party, praising Donald Trump, praising politics, attacking social justice warriors, defending social justice warriors. We have people who are more concerned with that than about preaching the good news of salvation in Jesus Christ. That's a problem. This country needs to figure itself out. And these pastors need to get in their Bibles a little bit more. If your pastor is telling you that God has a special salvific plan for Israel, he needs to reread his Bible. And he needs to realize that there is only one way, one truth, and one life. There's only one way to the Father. And that's not citizenship with Israel. That's not through a military alliance with Israel and the approval of the country of Israel. It is faith in Jesus Christ, repentance from your sins. There is only one gospel. There is only one salvation. Stop making new ways to heaven. There aren't any more. We don't need any more. We'll never get another one. Stop acting like Israel is this special place. 
that needs to be idolized. Start worshiping the true God of this world, the one and only God. With that, I'll see y'all next time. I hope you enjoyed this content. If you do, uh, be sure to leave me a comment. Uh, let me know that you're, you like what you're hearing. Uh, give me some ideas on what you would like to hear more of. Uh, if you would like more written content back on the page, if you want me to actually get back into blogging a little bit more, if you want me to try to do these uh, more often, I plan on doing them weekly. But if you want me to do them bi-weekly, please let me know. And again, I always like getting into different topics. Let me know if you want me to research anything. And I will see y'all next time on John Not Quite Calvin. <laughs>